You are listening to the Green Lantern Corecast, episode number 116. This episode, Debbie. Lantern Corecast. I'm, of course, your host, the ever charming Frank Mattel. And uh, joining me today is Kuhan on the soundboard, Colton on the bass drum, and Brandon on vocals. How are you guys doing? Wiki, wiki word. Can I play the synth? I forgot what my instrument was. You're you're singing. Your vocals. Can I play the synth instead? No. Oh. No. There's I'm the NB Adams of podcasting. <laughs> well, guys, well, guys, we're going to be covering, of course, all our favorite topics, such as Red Lanterns, number nine, New Guardians, number eight, and Earth 2, which was recently released with the fantastic, fantastic artwork of uh, Ivan Reyes. You know, always a fan favorite in the show. But first, we're going to start off with Red Lanterns number nine. Of course, the uh, the great the great cover of the Dead Lanterns something or other, which I, I I you know would have thought it was something to do with the Black Lanterns, because clearly only only Black Lanterns were are dead ones, right? Am I correct? Or am I, or am I wrong here? Who cares? Might be wrong here. Anyway, so we could all know what's going on. Red Lanterns number nine. Apparently, Abysmus. You know, the uh, bastard son of Atrocitus during those eons and eons of years where he spent mauling over the fact that his entire race and daughter and Saint Walker wife were murdered by giant, you know, soulless robots, decided to make a, uh, you know, zombies, for lack of a better word. Uh, and they poisoned the Red Lantern Central Battery at the same time as Bleez coming back from her stint in New Guardians. Uh, comes back to uh, attack the atrocities for the throne of being the angriest one there is in the universe. Uh, and of course, this all leads to uh, Rancor uh, not knowing what the hell to do. And of course, our only human you know, perspective of this entire story, much like us, has no idea what the hell is going on in the story. Or any clue as to what to do. And, of course, we, uh, we get a giant rousing speech from Atrocitus saying, well, you know what, we're all going to die, so we might as well take it out on the rest of the you know, universe and find the one who murdered us and, you know, be avenged, which is, you know, all well and good, I suppose. If it means the book's getting canceled, but I don't think it's getting canceled, is it, guys? Hey, it's, Not it's yet. just failed eight spots to number 54, I think, on the sales list. But so while it's num- not great, it's still better than most 
titles. Given the numbers, it'll, I'll give it at least a year before it goes under. That's saying much. I mean, Peter Milligan, again, amazing author. Yeah, he's, he's an amazing author. He's a great writer. But not his A game. This is not his A game. He's, he still has no idea where he's going with the story. And I'm, I'm not even sure if this is like, you know, an editorial mandate. He's being, you know, denied certain aspects of the, uh, the character's, uh, I don't know, backstory or even, even the character, you know, the full roster of the Green Lantern line. It's just, he, it's honestly going from point A to point B of just not knowing what to do with, you know, the anger management of atrocities or the, uh, or, or even what Rancor is supposed to do with himself now that he's a red lantern. It's, it's, it's just a, it's just from point A to point B, a clearly giant question mark on everyone's, uh, you know, forehead as to what their motivations are for the story. So, I'm not completely sure what to, you know, what to take from this. It's the artwork is, it's fantastic. It's still, it's, it's, it's still beautiful looking, uh, for this uh, title, uh, this story named Exodus. Which, you know, Brandon and George, because it has the uh, Red Lantern symbol in the O. Am I right? Loved it. Yeah. It's well, so clever. I really, really loved it. Uh, Brandon, what's the artist for this uh, for this issue? Tomas Giorello. Tomas Giorello. He's, he's, does a, he does good work. Does good work for this story. He, you know, he, he has clear, you know, clear distinct lines. It's it's great to look at, but, again, you don't really know what you're supposed to do with so yourself. Should I, should a lot I, of red. Should I start reading this again for the art? Oh uh, no, because the art jumps around. I mean, yes, we've lo- we've lost Ed Bennis, which is you know one of the main reasons that Sakuhan himself dropped the book. Um, and issue one. Yeah, he's he's no longer on the title, and now we have a. Uh, Tomas. Sure, 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 sure. Tomas. Now we've got the last three issues have featured uh, artists that resemble Ed Bennis's style a little bit so they can keep some clarity. But this is the final issue before Miguel Sepulveda takes over as the full-time artist. You can see his work on the cover. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a nice, distinct cover. No. Bony. Enjoying that. I mean, we can't, of course, we couldn't ever tell the difference between, you know, um, the wings because they've always been that way. Well, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. And let's move on from Red Lanterns, number nine. And, no! Uh, what? <laughs> no. Brandon and Colton didn't talk at all. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you guys actually, <laughs> want, to, you know, actually want to talk about this issue? My hope is a business right now. All right, so, you know what? Let's, let's, let's tone it back. Colton, what do you think about Red Lanterns, number nine, seeing that I was quickly ready to dismiss this entire issue? <laughs> As you should. Well, well, oh, great transition there, by the way. I don't know. I mean, it, it just, is it just me? Is this just how atrocitous people name themselves? Atrocitous Abysmus? What was his daughter's name? Genocida? I mean, what the hell? But that's just a minor nitpick on uh, what a culture would name that all coincidentally happened to have horrific name meanings in English. But uh, I mean, actually, to itself, yeah, it was all right. I mean, the main problem with the series has been and still is it tends to meander a little bit too much. Kind of just uh, go around talking about their feelings, their hopes and aspirations. Half their lanterns die, the batteries destroyed. But I don't know. Not a lot seems to be really happening. I mean, that's not to say you can't have a lot of character moments. I think that's good, but I think they could be better character moments than that. I, I really do feel like someone must have been this book because the guy's a good writer, and 
there's just like some spark that's missing. I can't figure out what, but there's definitely something missing. I mean, maybe we'll see it in a few issues. Maybe he'll have a little bit more say and control what they can do. I don't know, but for the moment, it's just okay. That's my take on anyways. Hmm. I see. I see. Brandon? I thought this issue was pretty, pretty good considering uh, the Red Lanterns the, the eight issue that came before uh, I thought Atrocitus was handled very well considering that he has a dying core and the core that is living half of it hates him half of it is loyal he's uh, you know dealing with uh, the return of his quote unquote son and that's sparking up feelings I thought uh, what Colton said was right on the money that there are character moments and yes they can be better but they are delivered here for the first time and by this time we can actually feel it Um, so when he gives that rah-rah speech it it works well for me Uh, another point was that we get to see more of uh, Rancor um, and his interpersonal feelings while Frank obviously says that uh, it you know he's confused I think that confusion is you know genuine it's supposed to be there it's a human going to a alien planet and he's spitting up blood. Everyone's spitting up blood. He's doing incredible things with his mouth, with his ring. It's things they haven't even seen before. I think it, it leads a lot of mystery that the first couple of issues had and has been lacking since then. So I think Peter Milligan is finally on the right step. He's putting both feet uh, ahead of him. And, you know, he's on the right track to making this a, a good series for once. Uh, there's, there's a lot of personal moments in this issue, and I, I really, really, really hope it continues on like this. And we're going to go over to New Guardians number eight. The issue where Atrocitus finally goes back to uh, the Weaponers, you know, uh, Planet Quart, the Planet Quart. Atrocitus? Is it Atrocitus? My mistake. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> I'm tired. Acrylic. Everyone should know that, that uh, Kuan thinks. Atrocitus' wife's name is Debbie. Of course. <laughs> Debbie. So, hey, new guardians, Frank. We get to see what I, I suppose is uh, Tony's little, like, his own little nest of story ideas that he, he never really gets a chance to finish. So he brings back, a, you know, a fa- his fan character uh, with the ability to make another Sinatra Core battery. You know, a completely... Uh, not connected to the original uh, Sinestro power battery uh, source. So I'm wondering what does that entail? I mean, yes, he said it, apparently it's a prototype flawed version that may or may not blow up in his face. But of course, we'll probably not blow up in his face seeing that, you know, of course, we need story elements. You know, little things here and there. And of course, our Kilo still has to you know, go out with St. Walker later. So it has to be something else. Something deeper than just blowing up in his face. What, what could it be, Carlton? What's your opinion? Uh, it, it was very. I'm very glad that at least uh, Tony's trying to uh, resolve some of these issues with, uh, with the story because uh, it's just nice that he's actually resolving some of these issues that everyone else is throwing on him. Because half of John's story seemed to be, how can I script Tony's story this time? I mean, the, the battery for the Indigos were blown up the battery for the yellows were turned off. I mean, they're kind of making it hard to run a seven-color team book when you're destroying half the cores. But on the issue itself, I thought it was very interesting. I, I liked that he brought back the Weaponer because I thought that was a fun character. And uh, the idea of building his own 
separate power batteries. It's separate from the main one. I guess it functions similarly, you know, draw all the fear from the universe, but to a smaller battery. We, we get to see, like, uh, he's willing to take a risk. He, he knows what he has to do. He's not. He's not in. He's not in the. He's not in the Sinestro Corps anymore. All his corpsmen are gone. But he's not going to take this laying down. Even though, even though his soulmate Sinestro had abandoned him, he's willing to fight on. And that's a nice touch. Although the team is progressively getting harder and harder to keep together, like I said. So we'll see how this endures. Yeah, we have to see how this is all going to come to a head during the uh, Battle for Odium. You know, with the Blue Lantern Corps, seeing that their batteries probably going to be the next one to go out. But, Kuhan, um, you read this issue, right? I did, in fact, read this issue, uh, nice. because this book isn't quite as bad as the other one. Uh, though, it's uh, it's not the best. Uh, art, obviously, Kirkham Art, uh, not, a, not a huge fan. But, um, I, and uh, I was a little confused as to what was going on art-wise, but... I guess I guess the uh, the the destruction of the whole Sinestro Corps thing is finally catching up to Arkillo and and making its way into this story, which is something that I guess I think we talked about before the fact that that the Sinestro Corps isn't really around anymore, but Arkillo's still running around with a Sinestro Corps ring, and everyone's like, oh, what's going on? But it's just happening randomly. Um, and uh, I'm not really sure what's happening with the Star Sapphires. I sort of skimmed through that part, but uh, but yeah, I, I was I was excited, and and this this episode really. Uh, you know, we we focused a lot on on the Sinestro Corps stuff, and and it was nice to see the Weaponer again, although although his costume wasn't really the exact same as it was when he was just the Weaponer, was it? it was a little different. Uh, I found that a little strange, but um, but yes, I I was uh, I kind of like this. I, I like I I, I did I, I like the whole the whole Sinestro Corps ending. You know, all all that stuff breaking apart, catching up with. Catching up with Arkillo, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens to him in the future, or yeah. if all the core just die and it's and it ends up being Green Lantern, New Guardian, Kyle Rayner. At that point, we, we they should just make it Green Lantern Ion. Green Lantern, well, Kyle Rayner uh, story. If the uh, entities ever do make a return, which we got, which we got, we got to tell Tony about in some fashion, even. <laughs> Or better yet, Sodom Yacht, the greatest of all Green Lanterns ever so, comes back. Is he even in the current uh, continuity? Like, did, uh, did they write him out of continuity? He, he got no, mentioned once. He got mentioned during a, a recent issue of Core, which we'll get to next time. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's odd. Uh, it, Brandon, if I'm going to go to anyone, it's going to be Kyle. Brandon. Sodom Yacht. Brandon, give me, give me your opinion of this issue of uh, New Guardians, right? With a yeah. half-naked Arkillo. Wait, when was he naked? As he half was half naked. naked. He was all but naked. Uh, he had a loincloth. You guys are... I don't even remember that scene. Um, when, anyway. When he, okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, apparently it was a good issue uh, because our killer was half naked. But it, <laughs> I thought it was good for other reasons besides the half-naked monster. Um, I, I thought Ty, Tyler Kirkham... Uh, did a, a very good job in displaying the city of, or not the city, but the the planet of Korrigar and how the sh- cord. I'm sorry, what? I cord. said adequate. It was it wasn't Korrigar. He never he never stepped foot on Korrigar. Was it Korrigar? I thought it was Korrigar no, actually. No. That was Korrigar. Was it Korrigar? Yeah. The the, mm. the battery is on Korrigar. No, you are correct. I'm sorry. For some reason, I'm thinking the weapon was back on cord, and because you know I, 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 I'm gonna have to be honest. Every time you know Todd Kerman actually draws a city, it's normally the same. It all looks the same. I, I was also correcting when you said uh, "very good job" to "adequate." He did an adequate job. 
And we're gonna have to edit all that crap out and just have Brandon say. I thought Tyler Kirkham did an adequate job on Quad. No, <laughs> no it was, it was a good save. Corrigar. Corrigar. Do it again. Do it again. Take two. And take three. I thought that <laughs> I'm keeping all this in, by the way. <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah. So anyway, I thought it was a good issue. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the art, how Tyler presented the Kurgarians. I think that's what they are, um, and how desperate they seemed. Uh, Arsana makes a, another appearance, and that was cool. Or am I thinking of the wrong issue? Wasn't Arsana your your number your number one character of 2011? Your new character? Yeah, she was supposed to be the the best new character of the year. But anyway, it was it was really nice seeing Kurgar again and. Seeing it being destroyed just because Arkillo's there is is really cool. Um, I like. I think this is Tony Bedard playing with the hand he's got. You know, you're dealt a crappy hand where characters are popping in and out of your book, and this is you dealing with it. He chooses to make the best of it, and the best of it is, hey, I'm going to make a crossover with my other book and make it work because that character needs to go somewhere. So everything, like he's moving these. Uh, pawns all over the playing field and it's everything's coming together everything is interesting um, I think Colton uh, got to this a little bit about how uh, the weaponer is making his own battery like for somebody who absolutely hated Sinestro and then decided to go on him I think it says a lot about uh, the weaponer and fear than it does the weaponer and Sinestro think he likes the idea of putting fear in the people and he's all for the idea of, of scaring people in the submission i'm not really you know i, I mean to be i'm leaning on is more to me uh it seems more of a fact that he's just he just wants to make a bigger gun or the better gun that's that's his well, entire well, thing he created yeah. the, white, the white lantern uh, which gun. which is again it's all it's all about him wanting to make a the better the better weapon not just like you know, the the aspect of controlling fear because white lantern energy was no, nothing about fear it was just he just wants to make the better weapon. Just well, to- if he did, if, he, if it was all about being the baddest of the bad and having you know the best weapon, then why would it have to be yellow? I don't understand why he would. Oh, well, specifically, he he, know, he, know, he knows how to work the yellow energy now, but he knows that Sinestro's got his own little workarounds because he helped him build the ring. So rather than just try to mess with the ring, he's building his own completely free of the uh, of Sinestro's control. He was probably planning on. Kicking Sinestro's ass before uh, the whole incident where they uh, lost the battery and uh, Sinestro became a Green Lantern. I don't know, you guys. This is a fairly positive, e- <laughs> except for when you constantly cut out, which in which at which point we're like, ah, it's hysterical. This is actually, I agree, this is fairly positive. We're actually liking things. I don't know what's wrong with us. I guess, um, I guess we have to read some. It's the lack of Eric. Eric, yeah, right. We're, the worst we're, we're, the, we're the non-haters of the group. Eric is poison. Except Brandon dislikes stuff all the time. All right, let's move on to um, Earth 2. Earth 2? Are we not doing Earth Green Lantern? Earth 2. We're not doing Green Lantern, no. We're not doing Green Lantern. Okay, so Earth URF 2. All right. Earth 2. All right, so uh, special, again, special issue, uh, this Green Lantern Corecast. Um, we're going to be covering uh, Earth Earth 2, the, uh, the newly revamped uh, other Earth. For uh, the new DC uh, universe, which with, all, the, with all the Green Lanterns that were in that issue, right, guys? All those Green Lanterns, all those Green Lanterns in this issue. Uh, I mean, you saw you saw dudes like um, Rob Lapan, 
or uh, you know, Rob Lafan. <laughs> was Rob Lafan? There was Vath Sarn was there. <laughs> No, no, no. There, there was, you can never have enough, you know, Vafsar and, you know, all those Saranic Natus that we've been seeing recently. There was, there was three different Saranic Natus. Natus. Yeah, it was, it was as you go into the actual fact, though, uh, Earth 2, again, DC's new, new portrayal of the, uh, uh, you know, the whole, the whole fact back in the, you know, the Silver Age prospect of having an alternate Earth where there was a alternate version of Justice League or the Justice Society of America. Uh, but apparently in this universe, uh, it's the just like or three members of Trinity existed, and that's about it. Not really everybody else. Uh, just Superman, Batman, and uh, and Wonder Woman. Of course, they're more, uh, I guess, aggressive than than their their all you know otherworldly counterparts because in the um, and their sidekicks and their sidekicks. I was gonna get to that. Their sidekicks, uh, which I'll mention in, in a few. But the funny thing about this um, Earth Two, it's supposed to be an amalgamation of. Again, the Silver Age, the Silver Age quantity of, of an Earth Two, where just society uh, roamed, and and the evil Justice League of the alternate universe, as we all knew from Grand Morrison storylines, where we had you know, um, all you know, like Ultraman and Owlman and and uh, Superwoman, where they're more aggressive, more you know, uh, inclined to uh, go all out in their in their ways of you know being the baddest things in the universe. Uh, we see that in the indications of you know Superman saying full full on well that he will murder anyone who gets in his way. Wonder Woman was stabbing things you know, left and right, and Batman didn't really care less that he was going to destroy an entire alien civilization. So it's it's a, it's a weird it was a weird mix. Um, and as Brandon pointed out, the uh, the sidekicks, the uh, the Supergirl and uh, and Robin of this world. Uh, as we all know, Karen, Karen Star, Power Girl, and Helen, or Helena Wayne, or Helen, Helen Wayne, Helena Wayne, Helena, Helena Wayne. I've always said Helena. Helena Bottom Carter. Helena. I always say Helena too. So we're gonna forego Colton's uh, suggestion. Helena Wayne, you know the uh, in in most in most cases the uh, the daughter of Batman and, and Catwoman's love affair. So. I guess you she, she would be the first uh, Damian Wayne in a in a way. So you know, first time Batman ever got with a, a villain character, supposed villain character, and um, the the much, again the story goes into the entire aspect of these three characters having to save the world from a, from an apocalyptic threat and dying in the process, and uh, leaving leaving the world without, without heroes. And the story was being told by Adam Scott. Uh, popular, you know, Playboy news, you know, newsman of of his era, which was again very close to how Alan Scott was, you know, in, in his original era. Uh, outside from the train fiasco and the uh, you know, surviving thing, you know, if you, if you want to see, a, we get to that. If you ever want to see the, a similar situation of that, you should also go check out the movie Unbreakable. That's all based off of Alan Scott. Is it Washington's story. Unbreakable? No, 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 that no, Unstoppable. No, that's Unstoppable. I'm talking about. Bruce Willis. Wait, yeah, Bruce break. Willis and, and, and Sam Jackson's in that one, right? Yep. Only instead of drowning, his weakness is wood. Wait, wasn't that Die Hard 2? I mean, 3? <laughs> that's, that's also Die Hard 3. <laughs> okay. Oh, right, I forgot that that Move was that same Die Hard with a Vengeance. Or, you know, a lantern. Whichever, whichever the case may be. Um, but also, we also get a glimpse at, 
at um, one of the key things in this world and the current DC universe. They're gods, you know. Uh, one of them is gods. Apparently, look more god-esque in their universe than are the one the one we're seeing now, which are more, you know, a skewed modern take on, you know, their gods, such as you know, bird-like Hermes with a, uh, you know, a beanion. But we have uh, Hermes, golden Adonis, with uh, with the with the proper uh, Jay Garrick, you know, no, headwear. No, no, no. no. Mercury. These are the Roman gods. Oh, you're right. I completely. For some forgot. reason, Amazons worship Roman gods in uh, Earth too. Yeah, you're right. Sure. I forgot. I forgot it was. I forgot it was uh, Mercury. You're right. You're absolutely correct. It was Mercury with a staff, which looked a lot like Hermes with a staff. Which they're, is again they're the same characters. Technically, they're, they're the exact same yeah, characters with the staff. But yes, yes, we get a glimpse at Jay Garrick and his apparently loser them. Is loser them a word? He's he's got the heart, but he hasn't gotten to the point where he is in uh, the previous uh, Jay Garrick. Meaning smart, successful, and football player. He's got to oh, yeah. build up. He's got to build himself up. Yeah, yeah, lost all these things apparently. Apparently, apparently, if you want to be a, like a hero in the in in the Flash's world, you and you have to be a loser to understand how much how much a you know how much positive super speed will you know make your life. We can all see that in Barry Allen's book. Oh yeah, they're tr- they're trying like like a like a like a Ro- who wrote right this book again? James James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like he said in interviews, uh, he's even in this universe, even the science is a little bit more mystical and magical than uh than in the main Earth. And it was even mentioned in uh when uh when Mister Ter- Mister Terrific comes up into the world from uh Earth One, he's gonna have to relearn some of his science because it has a little bit more mystical nature behind it. So, so, um, uh, Huntress and Huntress and Power Girl are, are lost in this world right now, right? They've they've gone to the regular mainstream, uh, mainstay DC universe. So the universe with oh, so powered armored Superman. That's oh, where. Okay. That's so, where they so, ended up. So Huntress and Power Girl are the sidekicks in this universe, and they're actually in and now in the main universe now. Exactly. They, they were Supergirl and Robin. Yeah, right. Okay. Supergirl and now they're Robin. all confused. And, now they're right. now they're Power Girl and Huntress, but they're not confused. Uh, they are just stranded on Earth One. I, would, I mean, I just I just read the the beginning of that in in. The, well, however, they're confused. The free comic book day issue, so I, I assume they were a little confused. They were a little confused in the fact, like for example, when they arrive on Earth, it's during the start of the super era. Superman just appeared, but in their Earth, Superman had been around for a few years. It seems the time scales are a bit off between Earth wait, One and Earth and Two. Wait, did did they get aged, or did the costume change, or something, or did they change? They changed. Costumes? They changed. They changed costumes, costumes willingly later okay. on. Okay. I'm sure Batman would love to ask why the Robin showed up. Yeah, and like, like, oh, this one's so much hotter, man. Oh, that's, that's a little creepy. That's 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 a little creepy. I, I don't think you need to, you know, say those things. I really um, don't. I would like to ask Brandon. Brandon, your take on, of course, being the biggest biggest Flash fan we have here. What was your take on, you know, Jay Garrick? <coughs> that's very uh, insightful. Stunning. It's stunning. I, I will say this: we haven't got to the costume yet, but I much prefer Alan uh, uh, Jay Garrick's original costume for the Flash. It was simple, yet it worked. The other ones, it's not bad, but I just really, really did like the original Jay Garrick costume. Did, did we? Did we see the costume? Yeah, oh, we they, saw they, the cover of the next issue. Have, oh, in the cover. Yes, I see. I have. I have not seen the cover of the next issue, so I am not. Oh no! But I remember. I remember we saw the the costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw pictures, and I was I was not a fan either. But uh, you know, I, I, I think the Alan's I think Alan Scott's new costume is a lot better. 
cover of issue three. I have not looked at that. Well, let's not let's not you know get ahead of ourselves. That's you know that's future. For- but, but speaking of this particular issue, I really like the choice of uh, having having a continuing apocalypse war, or I mean a kind of a war with a uh, apocalypse with uh, the new gods and that. I mean, it's it's really nice to see that Darkseid's not just invading one Earth this time; he's invading all of the Earth. See, that's something that you that ha- does seem to be uh, the likely uh, story plot, because uh, that would be that actually would be a lot. More interesting if Darkseid was an wasn't ever was just an ever present thing, not just you know limited to have multiple different dark sides, but one sole dark side. And and I guess Darkseid was on Earth one at the time, which is why they had Steppenwolf leading the charge on Earth two. Granted, goodness could have been on Earth three or granted that scene again. It's it's just it sort of negates and uh. Uh, perpetuates uh, Darkseid's sort of legend because during, again, I'm sorry to say, the Justice League uh, tenure of Darkseid when he first showed up, he was defeated quite easily. And if this is the case, being that Darkseid is now being said that he's a he's a transcendent dimensional creature that can no that can just not just you know uh, ruled by one Earth but multiple Earths, and he could be there, he could be anywhere at any given time would be. Fantastic! It'll be a glorious thing, especially seeing that the new gods are supposed to be just that gods that transcend everything. Yeah, we we saw that. I mean, I mean, freaking Steppenwolf killed killed Wonder Woman, ran her through with the sword, and a bunch of parademons blew up Superman. You think they're weak because they're basically the father of of, of uh, Apocalypse? But remember, just one or two could take down a planet by themselves. And also, Batman died. But Batman he, he didn't die defeated. Batman died of his own accord. Batman died of victory, and Superman might not have died. Technically, no, no, he died. <laughs> he, 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 he definitely he wasn't mentioned as possibly died. coming back. Uh, he's, possibly he's, being taken by, by Darkseid. No, he was, he was dead. He, 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 Robinson you know, has implied that of all three of them, he's the one who might not be dead. Well, that would be weird, seeing that he was blown to shreds. Was he blown to shreds, or was he boom-tubed out? This, it's, this is all meta, guys. We're talking about meta. In the story, he Remember, died. They, they saw a boom tube, but they didn't see who went through it. Whatever. It was... For what? this issue's sake, he's dead. For yeah. this issue. Now, Brandon, seeing that you have come out of your stunned and shocked face, I want to know what you thought about Jay Garrick. I was quite disappointed with Jay Garrick. I was more shocked that uh, he... His his girlfriend or ex girlfriend Joan was so mean. That was some very hurtful things to say to a guy. Um, but no, I thought the scene was was very well written. I thought the the entire issue was very well written uh, for the most oh, part. Oh well, uh, they said well written. I'm like, what is that? What are those yeah, words? I, I will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah, yeah, right. Will Wheaton. Well, 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 well. Like Listen, we have, right there's now. no time for talk, Wesley. What? Well, what Wall Washington. Well, wait, wait. Walt Whitman. Wally, Wally West. Walt guys, Whitman? Guys. Sorry. Okay. Brian. Will Wheaton. Yes. <laughs> Walt Whitman? No, uh, Jay Garrick was fine. Um, the issue was fine. It was very dramatic. Um, it worked well. Every scene that needed to be tense was tense. Um, I'm interested to see if Robinson will keep up the inner dialogue because I know it's something he used in uh, his Justice League run, and it was terrible. 
his every inner dialogue box he used was absolutely horrific. Um, but here it works very well. Um, in small doses, you see uh, what Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are thinking in those uh, dramatic moments where their you know lives are about to end. And it, I think uh, I, I believe the the way it's is sort of like you know um, marginalized, but sort of give you a greater impact is that their their thought their thoughts are are just singular in, in purpose of what's going on in the context of what they're doing, while the overall story itself is being told by Alan Scott. And then split with uh, Jay Garrick afterwards. But the overall story was, was being told by Alan Scott in, as a flashback, sort of. Yeah, and uh, Colton said this earlier, uh, well, we kept mentioning it, that uh, Robinson's been talking about how this isn't really a team book. It's an Earth book. It's an Earth 2 book. You know, It's about exploring this entire planet and this entire world. And I think that's that's what's drawing me in here. And I think that leads to so much more potential, just the, the God falling from the sky and holding up his shoes and you can run Jay. But, uh, I think it's, it'll be interesting to see in further future issues to see, uh, if, if Robinson plans on like throwing a game of Thrones list of characters at us and seeing if any of them stick, you know, I don't, we could, you know, open up Earth Two issue two and see uh not Ted Core. What's his last name? Is it Knight? Wildcat? Oh. Oh. Ted. Yeah. It's it's uh Ted. So it's Ted night. could be, you know, kickboxing yeah, it's not in Africa it's not for some reason. It's not it's not night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Brian, Brian continue. Not Bruce Brian. Willis is what it is. Is it not Ted Knight? I don't think so. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure not. I can't remember his name, but uh, one of the things I did want to mention uh, when you were talking about uh, thinking of Jack Knight, James Robinson is uh, unlike uh, unlike certain other people who we could name who are on their A game right now. Robinson is really hitting a good stride here. This was a great issue. Great. I mean, we talked about how he had he, he had some rough he had some rough moments on uh, the Justice League run, not his best work, but here I really thought he did great. It's Grant, Pell Grant, right? Ted Ted Grant. Ted, Ted Grant. Uh, this is probably going to mainly focus on the Justice League team or the Justice Society team, but it's also going to have the rest of the world too. But they're not—they're building up the characters. I mean, this issue we, we really get to see—we uh, see a lot of build-up for uh, for Jay Garrick and Alan Scott. We, they get some build-up, and even Al Pratt gets a scene. Who's the Adam? Mm-hmm. I, I really think we're we're really going to get something wonderful here. And yeah, yeah. One I, of the things. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was for those of you who are tired of long drawn out runs is after this initial setup where they where they get some uh, some characters up and running. They said uh, James Robinson said he's just going to be like a mostly like one one issue singles or one or two issue arcs, you know, which is really nice for you know a series a bunch of series that have just been running on six issue arcs nonstop. Yeah, I was um I was excited uh, to see some of the stuff that was happening. Uh, it was it was pretty good. I I'm excited to see what happens next. A lot of this stuff is sort of like yeah, build up, build up, build up. Cool, uh, set up uh, without resolution. Hey, um, but uh, so see, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the the resolution to the setup in the uh, in the next next issue. Uh, see see what goes on uh, with with the characters Alan and 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 Jay. Um, because cause this, this was a lot of a lot of hey these are these characters and now they're dead, and uh, by the way also Jay Garrick. 
But yeah, but, I think that that's that's probably the biggest flaw and issue is that you kill off the people you just developed. Right. No, but I mean, I don't think they're it's a flaw. Developed. I think, and I think we're only left with. I'm not sure, well, I'm not sure of the flaw. Maybe this this might be one of those things that reads better in the trade, where it's the first, you know, the fir- out of the first six issue arc, it's like, all right, the first part of the, the first half of the first issue is set up these characters, and then they die, which I think is I like I like that tactic in films where they're like, hey, set up these these characters, these are gonna be like your main characters, and they all die, and now you have these guys. Um, I I like that idea. Uh, and and I'm excited to see where this goes. But uh, but I agree that that for an issue, for just issue to issue, is like all right, set up these characters, and well, crap. Uh, now we got to think of what what to do for the rest of the issue. Although I, I kind of would have liked it if the issue just ended with them dying, and then you're like, okay, well, where this where's this book gonna go now? I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, I have to do a little. Like ninety nine percent of this issue is. Based on like you have to know who Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman is. But if you don't, it's ridiculous. Right, but I mean, if you're reading this issue, you probably know who Batman, Superman. At least Batman, if you've Superman read a comic, is. you probably know who they are. If you watched the movie, you probably know who they are. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a human, you probably know who Batman and Superman are. And then Wonder Woman's like, if you're reading comics, you probably know at least a little and something. You, about you probably know in the pop culture because Wonder Woman had that. Yeah, but you, you don't get the excitement at the end of this issue if you don't know who Alan Scott and Jay Garrick are. You're just I, like, no, oh, I, I agree. I totally dude, agree. And I. I would I would like to see at the end of this issue like like the, the the part where they all die I would like to see it stretched out a little more and see them die at the end of the issue and then you're like okay I'm confused what's happening next and then the person who goes and reads the next issue is like oh but now we're developing these two these new characters who we don't really know much about oh but the, you know the comic fans are like oh yeah it's Alan Scott and Jay Garrick I, that's just a, that's just that's just something I might have liked to see but I don't know maybe this maybe like I said maybe this reads better in trade maybe I don't I just need to read the next issue. I don't know how it's going to happen, but, um, yeah. So, yes. Nicole Scott. Awesome artwork. Definitely awesome artwork. We should mention that. That, that was some beautiful art. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's amazing. Amazingly done. Uh, you can see all the, the frills, all the, all the... Man, I got another. I can't, I can't even... Uh, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the new books, this is definitely my uh, book of the uh, second wave. It's uh, it's 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 better than OMAC. But all of the second wave isn't out yet, Colton. And first off, screw you, OMAC was awesome. <laughs> Far better than GI Combat, I got. I got to admit. Batman Thank you. Incorporated isn't out yet. What now? Batman Inc. I don't count that as part of of the modern DC. I count that as the previous DC universe continuing on. For you haven't even read it yet. It's Grant Morrison. We know what Grant Morrison Lim- does. Limited engagement. Anyway, that that will be that will be all I guess about the issues that came out. One of the guys. That's. I guess I, we wrapped it up, didn't we? We did good, right? <laughs> we, didn't, we need to actually wrap up the stay green. You have to say that part. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm asking all you guys for your opinion. We, we did we did well, right? We did I think good. so. I think we did we did good for missing just the four of us. So this was like the most across the board. Everybody Positive liked episode everything. Ever. Oh my god! Yeah, that was crazy. Technically, technically, we all you know liked. I mean, I, I still didn't like Red Lanterns. I mean, oh, Frankie, damn it! I, I mean, I'm we, sorry. I we, said that like in the beginning of the. You like you liked it more than like previous issues of Red Lanterns, though, right? Just sure. say yes. It was. Sure. It was. Thank it was. You. The all art right. was better. You liked the art the, of Red Lanterns. The art was you know, better. Yeah, there you go. See. <laughs> it was. Wasn't the greatest thing. I'm not, Stop I, 
talking. Stop. As, as, as a whole, as a You're whole, ruining we, the positivity. We we sort of like Red Lanterns. Sort of like Red Lanterns. We, we kind of uh, like New Guardians. New Guardians. Was, was was well was well received, and and, and uh, Earth Earth, Earth Two. It's so. fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what's going on with all that stuff. You know. Episode one fifteen. Positive for once. You guys know what to do. Or one sixteen, rather. It's one sixteen. Yeah, you guys, you guys know what to do. You guys need to stay green. Be sure to check us out at www.thegreenlanterncore.com. You can also email us at contact at thegreenlanterncore.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the GLCore. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash GLSpotlight. You can reach our voicemail line at 313-GL1-2814. That's 313-451-2814. Thanks for listening and check us out next time. And please stop masturbating when I'm talking to you. Be sure to check out Kirby Crackle, performers of our opening theme, Ring Capacity, at www.kirbycracklemusic.com. Also check out the Roy Clark Method, performers of our ending theme, Sector 2814, at freeweb.com slash Method. Sometimes it speaks to me and says, How? What have you done with your life? People around you keep dying. Use your will to right the wrong. And don't make us wait for too long. Well, am I going to continue? I haven't. I, you were you were talking. I didn't realize. You should you should do the episode title now. <laughs> yeah, so. like right now at this very. You are listening yeah. to the Green Lantern Corecast, episode number one hundred sixteen. This episode, we like stuff. I'm not changing that. In <laughs> fact, I'm keeping all this in as well. <laughs> Ring capacity 51. Shut up, Colton. It's going to be fight for your right to party. That's what it's going to be. There you go. You got to fight for your right to party. Guys, real predictable. Fine, I'll do a different song. Play something awesome. (laughs) 